with the exception of maybe one team, nobody is playing better than the Indiana women's basketball team right now. And boy, Monday was the strongest case for that yet. You are Locked On Hoosiers, your daily podcast on the Indiana Hoosiers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome into another episode of Locked On Hoosiers. Whether you're watching live on YouTube, whether you're listening to this, whatever your favorite uh, listening platform is, I want to thank you guys for making us your first listen every single day. I'm your host, as always, Jacob Rude, coming to you after a blowout win from Indiana against Ohio State. That almost doesn't even put it into context. Ohio State came into this game ranked, I believe, number 15, number 13 in the country, and the Hoosiers just destroyed them. 83-59 to is the final score. That doesn't even really put it into context. They dropped 54 points in the first half. They were up 41-17 to at one point. This game was never close. And this is an Ohio State team that... I'd have to look at the schedules, but about three weeks ago was a top five team. I think they got as high as number two in the nation. They were undefeated. They were the team to beat in the Big Ten. They've come tumbling a long way since then. January 26th, they were uh, the number two team in the country when they played Indiana. They've come tumbling a long way since then. They were undermanned on Monday, but my word. The Hoosiers pick up their eighth win of the season against a ranked team. You have this game tonight at Ohio State. You beat Iowa uh, recently, last week. You, that other game against Ohio State when they were number two. You won at number 14, Michigan. You've won at number 21, Illinois. You won at home against number nine, Maryland. You won at home against number six, UNC and you won at Tennessee. Those are your eight ranked wins. Most impressively, four of those are against top 10 teams. Uh, all but one of them are against top 15 teams. This IU women's team is something special. In the, I, I tweeted something to this effect. In a season full of kind of special moments, memorable wins, uh, every record's broken, all of that. This is going to be one of the games you remember in the long run because of what they did in the first half. 54 points on 74.2% shooting. They were 23 of 21 from the field, 7 of 11 from three. Just, they were on another level than they've been at any point this season. And again, this came against a really really good Ohio State team that, yeah, J.C. Sheldon didn't play. We talked about that. Uh, Mikulasikova did not play. She played last game, though she wasn't really effective against McKenzie Holmes, but that was another body that wasn't there. Ohio State, though, we we mentioned on Monday's show that IU is a bad matchup for them. Yeah, uh, they, it looked really bad on Monday. The Hoosiers were just canning everything in that first half five six different players scored for them Holmes had 18 in the first half alone 
She finished with a career high 33. Sarah Scalia, welcome back. She looked like the version of Sarah Scalia that almost beat IU single-handedly last year when she was on Minnesota. And she saves that for this game. Big shout out to her for her coming back. Uh, she had 17 in the first half, five of six from three. It was just a beatdown. 28 points in the paint, uh, 17 points off the bench, all those being Scalia. And Ohio State could do nothing. They were 11 of 26, two of nine from three. It was just an absolute struggle. The Hoosiers were as good as they've been all season, I think, in this game. And it's really hard to put it like the context to put it in is when you see the South Carolinas, the Maryland used to do this, UConn does this, when they come up against a ranked team, ranked team in the teens, so like number 13 Ohio State, they would be so much better than everyone else that they would just blow them out of the water. That's what IU did tonight. This again, there are some caveats, and Ohio State deserves that. I mean, they they weren't a whole team, but IU tonight they were not. There was they were not losing that game, just blowing them out of the water. It's an absolute joy to watch this team. They <laughs> we'll talk about this again as well. They're the number two team in the country. They're pretty definitively the second best team in the country, and they looked that on uh, Monday. If you piece together games like this is how you start to catch or close that gap to South Carolina. I don't think it's going to be closed, but you can't argue this isn't the second best team in the country anymore. Everyone around them, we kind of mentioned there's a group around them, your UConn's, your LSU's, your Iowa's, Stanford. All those teams do not have the consistency IU does. They've lost one time this year. And that was without Grace Berger. Like, there's a, an explanation for that. They are now 24 and 1 on the season. And just this one is one of the more impressive ones that they've had all year. And that's saying something. They've had a lot of really, really good wins. It is saying something that this ranks up there with the best of them. And South Carolina, they just absolutely destroyed LSU. So it's hard to say that. Anybody's playing better than them right now, and they're the best team in the country. But IU, they just beat Iowa. They just blew the doors off Ohio State. You can't make an argument. Anybody but South Carolina is playing better than them right now. You want to be peaking at the end of the season, heading into March? That's exactly what the Hoosiers are doing. Only three more conference games left. And to win one of them like this, my word, what a victory for the Hoosiers. Let's talk about all of the players, Holmes, Scalia, Berger, all the usual suspects. We'll dive into their games, everything of that note here in a minute. First, though, guys, let's talk about Built Bar. If you're looking for a delicious treat, but you also want to stick to your uh, New Year's resolution of eating healthier, Built Bar is the option for you because healthy is actually tasty with them. They're covered in 100% real chocolate, have a bunch of amazing flavors, whether it's churro, coconut almond, peanut butter brownie, whatever it is, they have you covered. Uh, now you don't even have to wait to get a box delivered at Built.com. That's still an option. You still have all those choices. But if you do not like waiting, 
then you can head out to Walmart or to Sam's Club. They're available at both of those locations. Walmart's going to have a four-bar box, cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. Sam's Club is going to have a 13-bar box with brownie batter, churro, all the works. You guys know how much we love Built Bar around here. Head out there today, find the flavor for you, and you can thank me later. Big shout out to you guys for making us your first listen, for tuning in on YouTube, for watching the live streams after every game. Appreciate all of you guys. Also want to make sure you guys check out Locked on College Basketball. They have everything you need to know about college basketball from big game, big name experts, insiders, coaches, players, everything. Locked on College Basketball available on YouTube or wherever you get uh, podcasts. I'd originally written down <laughs> that Sarah Scalia would be the first name we'd discuss. And then I realized some point during the fourth quarter that Mackenzie Holmes had 28 points, and then she went on and got her career high. So we got to start with Mackenzie Holmes. Uh, 33 points, 15 of 18 shooting. The 15 field goals are the most she's ever made in a game, as well as the 33 points. Five rebounds. She had a block. She played 32 minutes, was a plus 17. That's a National Player of the Year performance, and we've been banging that drum all year long. It's probably too late to get into the discussion, but Mackenzie Holmes deserves all the plaudits. This is an IU team on the brink of winning the Big Ten in style. With one of Big Ten is one of the best conferences in the country. The reason IU has so many ranked wins this year is because the Big Ten has been good. Maryland, Illinois, Iowa, Ohio State, all those teams – have stayed in the polls, Michigan, and been good. The Hoosiers, if they finish this out, will have just run through all of them with one slip-up being against Michigan State and Holmes leading the way. That has to matter for something. To win the best conference, to be the best player in it, that has to matter for something. We're not going to get too deep into that. We'll have time to discuss that. But on Monday, Holmes was fantastic. Like we said, Ohio State did not have their big to guard her. I think I got her name right once. I'm not going to try again. Ohio State was undermanned in the front court, we will say. Holmes took advantage of that. She was scoring <laughs> with ease, with absolute ease, over her left shoulder, over her right shoulder. She always does. My favorite basket of the night came in the second half. Ohio State did go on a bit, a pretty big run in this one. I think it ended up being a 12-0 run. and got the lead down to 10 points in the third quarter, and things were a little hairy for a bit, but Mackenzie Holmes had this um, shot. She catches the ball on one side of the block, turns over her right shoulder, goes across the lane, and scoops it up with her left shoulder or left hand as she's falling down. It was a shot that, like, it was a bad shot for everyone else but Mackenzie Holmes, and Mackenzie Holmes scores it as she's going to the ground. She's unbelievable what she can do. She makes some of the hardest shots look simple, and it's incredible watching her work. We talk a ton on this podcast about appreciating a Chase Jackson Davis and what he's doing. Honestly, it's my fault for not saying all of that about Mackenzie Holmes. This is 
very possibly the best player to ever put on the IU women's basketball jersey. And she is in her absolute best form right now. Watch her. Appreciate her. IU has two of the best players for their respective programs going right now. Mike Woodson even revealed during his radio show on Monday, he took a play ran by Terry Morin for McKenzie Holmes. You can see it on Twitter. There's a couple people that have tweeted the exact play. It's kind of a dribble handoff with Holmes getting a screen to the basket for a layup. If you watch the Michigan game, the very first play of the game where Trace got a wide open dunk, that was a play taken from Terry Morin and the women's team that they ran for Holmes. It makes sense. You have two absolutely dominant players like that. Might as well kind of share some of those plays and some of those tactics. But Holmes was the most casual 33 and uh, 33 points on 15 of 18 shooting you're going to see. Kind of snuck up on you, which almost says a lot about how impressive she has been this year that I didn't even really realize that she had 28 points or whatever until uh, late in the fourth quarter. So remarkable from her. I want to talk about Sarah Scalia, though. Man, this game felt really good for her. She has struggled this year. There's been moments where it looked like she was going to break out of her shooting slump. I think, largely speaking, she is out of it. There was nothing looking relatively close to a shooting slump on Monday. She was catching and firing without hesitation. 24 points on 9 of 12 shooting, 6 of 8 from 3. She hadn't made more than four three-pointers this season, and I think the last time she did it was that North Carolina game in Assembly Hall where the Hoosiers blew out the Tar Heels. So to see her have that sort of performance again and then some was remarkable. She played 29 minutes. Parrish was a little bit off. And so, and when Scalia was red hot like that, you have to have her on the court. It really wasn't even as much as Parrish being off as much as Scalia just being absolutely flamethrower out there. So she had a couple of big shots. She did a lot of her scoring in the first half and specifically the second quarter. She was four or five from three for 12 points, scored 17 of her points in the first half. Uh, but then knocked down some really big buckets in the second half, a couple that stopped some runs, a couple that were late in the shot clock that really were big buckets for the Hoosiers. I hope this version of Scalia, maybe not necessarily 9 of 12 for 24 points, it's probably not realistic, but something closer to this version of Scalia is back because I mean, Indiana is really damn good, but Scalia for a lot of this season has struggled. And if you're looking for a place of where they could improve, that might be one of the more obvious or uh, easier ones to look at. So if Scalia is able to do this, then my oh my, the, the Hoosiers are just that much better. Grace Berger, a casual double-double, 6 of 10 shooting, 16 points, 10 rebounds. Somebody tweeted this. I should have grabbed who it was, but... Uh, and I agree with the sen- sentiment. It was one of the best things about watching Grace Berger is when she realizes late in the shot clock, she's got to get her shot. She breaks the defender down, gets exactly to where she wants to be, gets exactly the shot she wants and cans it. And the one I specifically remember came when she's at the top of the key, kind of breaks her defender down, going to the right, uh, stops, 
reverse pivots and shoots a fadeaway jumper uh, inside the little semicircle by the foul line and just cashes it. And it's like there's nothing you can do to stop that. Grace got exactly where she wanted to be, and if she's in the mid-range, good luck. It's too late at that point. You've already lost the battle. So, again, just kind of a quiet 16-10 and 10 from her for the Hoosiers. Gerzon struggled on the night. Maybe the most concerning was that she was turning down shots. She was just one of six from three. I'm not going to – I mean, I think it was just kind of freshman struggle. She's been kind of high high highs, maybe some low lows during this season in terms of her impact in the game, but at least offensively. The Hoosiers played decent – I mean, played pretty well defensively. Ohio State had a much better second half than first half, but still only had 59 points. We're only 3 of 15 from 3. So the Hoosiers played well defensively, and Garzon was on the floor because of that. Chloe Moore McNeil had a number of just obscene passes to Mackenzie Holmes to set her up for layup. She only had two points on three shots, but had seven rebounds and seven assists. Was a team best plus 21 in 37 minutes. We mentioned Parrish. Played 20 minutes, had three points. It was a, I mean, it was fine. It it was Scalia playing well that led to her getting more minutes. So just a, a sterling effort from these women, and they're inching closer and closer. Thursday, they will play on BTN against Michigan. They maintain their lead in the Big Ten. Each game's going to matter in that regard. So we're getting down to the closing stretch. This is going to be a, a tight one but a fun one. So be sure you guys tune in on Thursday to that one. Let's look at the polls. I mentioned the Hoosiers. The women stayed at number two. We'll talk a little bit about that. Look at the men who jumped up to number 14 in the ranking as well. Before we do any of that, let's talk about FanDuel. I mentioned this on yesterday's show. Guys, I'm still not over the fact I missed a 15-leg parlay by one leg. I would have turned $5 into $200, but it hurt. But I use FanDuel to do it. We're at the midway point of the NBA season. Now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because new customers get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from money line to point scores and threes drained. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets at it for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. Don't remind me, FanDuel. So don't miss your chance to get your no sweat first bet up to a thousand dollars in bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com slash locked on. That's fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Let's look at the polls. Let's start on the women's side. We're already talking about them because there was something interesting that happened in these polls. The Hoosiers are the number two team in the country. Uh, South Carolina is still your, your unanimous number one team. Now, the Hoosiers were nearly unanimously the number two team in the country. There were only two voters who did not vote them the number two team in the country. Each of them voted the Hoosiers number three behind Stanford. 
I would imagine that one is not going to hold up well, and that one will change. I did not look to see who it was. I'm not out here trying to play gotcha with voters. Ultimately, Indiana, as we talked in recent weeks about how close kind of two through, I think, six or so was and how few points there were between. I It doesn't matter. IU is clear in a way the number two team in the country now. I would imagine after this week, assuming they beat Michigan, they are going to be very clearly the number two team in the country. It's a – what I would say is to – and I think I've said this a couple times. Don't compare Indiana to South Carolina. South Carolina is far and away the best team in the country. If I were to try to offer something of a comparison, and it's not apples to apples, but when Kentucky had the uh, team with Carl Anthony Towns and the the team that had two different starting fives and the Harrison Twins and uh, Willie Cauley-Stein, Devin Booker was on that team, Tyler Ulis where they were just kind of talent-wise levels above everyone else and damn near went undefeated the whole season. That's something close to what this South Carolina team is. They are just they just have so much more talent than everyone else, and they're just kind of levels above everyone else right now. By comparing IU to that South Carolina team, you're kind of, I don't want to say lessening what IU's doing, but like, it's not really going to stack up. Maybe on resume or on paper it does, but just watching that South Carolina team and seeing the talent they have, it's not really close. What what you should do is just celebrate the fact IU is the number two team in the country and clearly the number two team in the country. There are two teams that have separated themselves from the pack in women's basketball this, this year, and IU is one of them. That's what you should be celebrating. That's what I've been celebrating this season. I would imagine, again, this is knock on wood. I'm not looking ahead, but if IU uh, wins out the rest of this week, they're going to be unanimously the number two team in the country. It's probably not going to be close, and that is remarkable to think about. I appreciate how far Terry Morin has gotten this program, that they are levels above everyone else right now. Again, they just went on the road against the number 13 team in the country and dog-walked them for 40 minutes. Like, it was an absolute beatdown. So, big salute to the women's team. Big salute to Terry Moore. And they are clearly the second-best team in the country this year. The men's team jumped up four spots in the AP poll. Only jumped up three spots in the coaches poll. But they are number 14 in the country. It feels good to be back. It feels really good to be back up uh, that high. It feels like anything could change and anything could happen. And I'm still not fully, I don't know why I shouldn't be, but I'm not fully sold on this IU team. It just happened so fast that they've gone from the bottom of the Big Ten to where they are now. As impressive a turnaround as I've seen within a season, they are number 14. Northwestern is number 27, technically, uh, receiving votes, but they were 27, Illinois 28. Uh, a couple of uh, opponents for the Hoosiers coming up there. Uh, Purdue dropped to number three, though two people still somehow voted them the best team in the country. They've lost two of their last three games the exact same way, 
I'm not going to get mad at voters, but what are you doing? <laughs> what are you What are you doing? We just we we've watched them do it twice now. I think you can drop them from number one in your polls. Um, Alabama is your number one team. Calvin Sampson in Houston is number two. Look for maximum chaos. I absolutely want to face Calvin Sampson in the tournament. Why not? Let's relitigate everything. Let's let's get messy in this. Uh, I would absolutely love to play them. I, do I think that would go well for IU? Probably not. But just for the narratives and the storyline, that would be a especially if you had the whole week to prepare for it. Boy, that would be something else to uh, get that storyline in uh, in the papers and in the media for a week. That would be quite something. Purdue and Indiana are the only ranked Big Ten teams. Uh, as I said, there's a couple just outside of the polls. There's a a couple of Xavier is number 16 in the country. Uh, that being a win that has stood up for the Hoosiers. And then obviously the Purdue win as well. So um, it really says more about how much the Big Ten has struggled than anything else this season. But IU is, again, on the men's side is in the Big Ten separating itself from everyone but Purdue. So maybe not literally in the standings, but in terms of how they're playing right now, IU might have an argument for playing better than anyone with Purdue losing two of their last three. So exciting to see that. Exciting to see the Hoosiers climbing up in the polls again. All you got to do is keep winning. Everybody else in the in the AP polls, it is madness every week seeing how much movement there is. Teams dropping. Iowa State dropped eight spots. Baylor moved up five. Kansas four. Like, there's so much movement up and down the polls each week that if you just keep winning, it doesn't really matter who you're beating. Just winning alone is going to keep you climbing up those polls. So just keep winning, Hoosiers. Let's get back into that top ten and, and let's get all the way up into the top five. Who cares? Let's get really wild. Let's set up a top ten showdown with Purdue here in a couple weeks. Big thanks to you guys for making us your first listen every single day. We'll be back with you tomorrow. Talk a little bit, maybe some bracketology. Talk a little bit about this men's team and a little bit more about this turnaround. For your second listen, check out the brand new podcast, Locked On College Basketball. Isaac Shade and Andy Patton bring you everything you need to know on and off the court. Plus hear from big name experts, coaches, and players throughout the basketball landscape. Locked On College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Be sure you guys follow us on Twitter. Leave a quick rating and review on the podcast wherever you listen. Helps us out immensely. And make sure you're subscribed on YouTube. You can join in on these live shows after each game. Join in on the chat. Give me some questions, your thoughts on the game. We can go back and forth and whatnot. So come with your uh, your thoughts after the IU Northwestern game later this week. We'll make this a conversation. As always, guys, I hope everyone has a great Tuesday, and most importantly, LEO.